Father, we worship you. You are so amazing. There are no words, Lord. We want to worship you this morning in reverence and awe. We want to hear your words and tremble at them. Knowing these words are not like any other words on earth. God, may we set them apart from all the advice, all the human words of wisdom. We come to hear from you, Lord. We come before your throne of grace and just ask that right now by your spirit, you would humble us that we can revere your word like we ought. And we pray this in Jesus' holy, holy, holy name. Amen. I have the honor of... uh, sharing a passage with you today that, you know, Jimmy had asked me to, uh, you know, speak at the marriage conference, and then later he's like, you know, would you stay and teach on Sunday? And then uh, last week he was like, hey, can you teach out of John 17? And there's something very sacred about John 17, that God has been showing me. You know, when I was in seminary, they would say, okay, think through the passage you're about to teach and understand what genre it's in because you you kind of don't teach. I mean, all of this obviously is sacred. It's a word of God, but there's you have to understand some of it is more poetic, you know, and you need to teach it that way. Some of it is prophecy. Some of it um, are the epistles. Some some are parables and aren't meant to be taken in the wrong way or to, to, to such an extreme. You know, just understand where you're at. And something God has been revealing to me is John 17, I believe, really belongs in its own genre. Because you, you, need, you know what's happening in John 17? You have Jesus praying to the Father. Like, like it's almost like you're going into a room where a discussion is going on and you don't really belong in that room. And you're like, oh, sorry, mom, dad, I didn't know you guys were talking about me. You know, like, I didn't, I don't belong in that room. There's a sense in which, wait a second, you're telling me there's an eternal triune God, this God who's always existed as Father, Son, Holy Spirit for eternity past in perfect union, which we can't understand I don't understand eternity. It's in my heart. I know it, but I can't explain. Like, and if, what is that eternal, perfect, perfectly one relationship? What do they talk about? 
What, what have they been talking about? I don't know. But there's one place in scripture where you see a conversation. You see Jesus talking to his father for this entire chapter. So again, that's why I go, wow, this is sacred ground. What does the second, what does the son of God talk to the father about? And I know Jimmy last week was, was teaching in the first five verses of that, but it's like, okay, you know, Jesus said, okay, Father, the time's come. Give me my glory back. The glory I had with you before the world began because I came down on the earth in a veiled form, you know, so that I could actually be with the people. If I came in my glory, no one can withstand that. So, but now I, I completed the work you gave me. So this is what he's talking to the father about. Father, it's, it's, it's time. Bring me back. I have finished what I was supposed to do on the earth. I want to go back to my glory. And, and, and so later in John 17, the passage I was asked to address, he's still talking to the Father, and he's praying for us. No, not just the disciples back then, but in this passage, he is specifically praying for Francis Chan, for Jimmy Seibert, you know, for, for, for Drew Stedman. You know, he's praying for us. And, and uh, this is what he says very clearly. I do not ask for these only, talking about his disciples. I'm not just asking for these here, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. This is what Jesus prays to the Father. I don't know what you pray to the Father, but this is what the Son of God prays to the Father. He says that they may all be one. Okay, you want to listen in on the most sacred conversation on the earth and understand what is most important. This is his heart before going to the cross, and he's about to leave his disciples, you know, and, and head back to the Father and get his glory back. And he goes, this is what I'm asking. And I'm asking this, not just for them, but for those who will believe in their word. This is the heart of Christ. And so if that doesn't grip you, and you, you know, I don't know what you came here wanting, but it's nice to know what the Son of God is wanting. And he's praying to the Father, and he's saying, my prayer. And you guys, the other thing about this passage is there's a part of me humanly that looks at this and goes, that's impossible. Is he exaggerating? Because we exaggerate. And so we look at certain things and they look like exaggerations. But, but again, I have to submit to the word of God and to the prayer of Jesus and go, no, I think this is about as truthful as it gets. When the son of God is talking and when the perfect son is talking to the perfect eternal father, this is perfect speech here. It's a perfect prayer. It's not exaggerated. This is literally what he's asking for, that they may all be one just as 
just as, think of that word, that phrase, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Okay, the, this is where I'm going. This is, this is crazy talk to us. We're like, we're just trying to get along. We're just hoping for not another church split and another one and another one and another one. And so we're just like happy, you know, when we've put up with each other and yet Jesus' prayer, again, the sacred that we need to tremble at, his prayer to the Father is I want them to be one, all of them, just as, in the same manner. How one are the Father and Son? Right earlier in this passage, you know, in John 14, he's, he's not like anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Like there's a oneness that, that's beyond anything we know of. And he says, I, I want them all to be perfectly one, just as. He goes, you know how I'm in you and you are in me? He says, I, I want them, I want them all to be in us. Wait, are you kidding me? You're talking about a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago, a million years ago. You were, you were perfectly one. And, and you're eternal God. And now you're saying you're inviting all of us to join in in, in the same manner? Wait, this is, this is, this is impossible. It's like if I told you, hey, you know, we, we built a, a, a rocket and, and, uh, and I'm going to take you all and we're just going to fly into the center of the sun. You'd go, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard, you know? Because we're only going to get like within, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but not, you're not going to get very close before you just don't exist anymore, right? And then the Bible says that the creator of that sun, for some reason we picture, you know, the sun like this all-powerful thing, and then God the Father, the one who made it, like, oh, no big deal. You guys... The Bible says he dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see. It's just a picture of how close can I get to him before I just disintegrate. That's why he's saying, Father, you, you know, give me that glory back that I had with you before the world even began. It's time for me to leave this earth and be glorified again. That glory that's beyond the little sun that he created. Get me back there. And now he's telling us that we can all somehow enter into them. You guys, we were created in the image of God. And so somehow he made me in a way, in such a way that I could now join and be in them. And he and us, and the byproduct of that is we are all 
standing in Christ. We are in the Father, in the Son, looking at each other. And, and we're just like, are you kidding me? I am one with Almighty God. His Spirit is inside of me. He was knocking on the door. And he said, if anyone opens the door, I'll come into him. I'll enter into him. And my Father and I will, will live in him somehow. I mean, later on, we're going to take of the bread and cup, and it's just this idea of the flesh and blood, and, and, and it's a picture of this union of, of him being in us, this fellowship that we have, and it's just fascinating. And so when we're all just in the midst of this holy, holy, unapproachable God whose glory outshines the sun, and we find ourselves in there, that's the only way that we become perfectly one with each other. Because we're always looking at each other like, we don't belong in here. We don't belong in here. He does not belong in us. But by the grace of God, because of the cross, it was that powerful. I mean, imagine if I said, no, I can actually build something so that withstood the glory of the sun that we could enter into it. You're like, what is that vehicle? And now he says, you can actually draw near to my throne of grace and I will actually enter into you. It's, it's, uh, it's a miracle. It's, it's the miracle of the Virgin Mary. It's like, how could God enter into a human body and the reverence and awe that, that, that we would have if the Virgin Mary were standing here with Christ in her womb. It's like, I honor you. And now we look around the room and say, these are people that have the God, very God inside of them. And so we honor one another and we don't dare slander one another because you look at me and go, I'm not going to mess with him because I know who his dad is. His dad is the one that is keeping me breathing right now. And so I'm going to be very careful because I'm, I depend on his dad. And for me to look at you that way, this was the prayer. This was on the heart of Jesus. And he says um, at the end of that verse, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Why? So that the world may believe that you sent me. Again, this sounds like an exaggeration. It sounds like an equation that we go, what is that going to prove? So you're telling me that if we can understand this oneness and enjoy this oneness with God, to where we become perfectly one just as the Father and Son are one, 
then the world will believe. And we, we, I mean, Antioch Church, the heartbeat of this church from its inception was we want the world to believe in Jesus. And so you're obeying all of these things. And, and now it's been on the heart of your leaders of unity is not just this, this side dish or this, 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 this add-on. It, like it is central to our mission because these are the words of God that we tremble. He's already given us a blueprint of how to reach the world. And it begins with our oneness with him and our oneness with each other. And I look at that and I'm a very, you know, I'm a mathematical guy. Uh, most of my ancestors are, you know, it's just, we, it's just, I want to know this plus this equals this, you know, and, and, and so I look at this equation and, and I just go, wait, this plus this will equal this? That's not what I would have come up with. But I wouldn't have come up with, oh, march around a city seven times. I wouldn't come up with, you know, just dip your cloak in the water or dip your staff in the water or talk to that rock, you know. <laughs> and he says, no, this will work. And so it's beautiful hearing what's going on and Antiochus Antioch, you know, Amidst the tragedy, there's a, a oneness that's happening in the church. And I'm just going, do we have to wait for a tragedy? Um, can we get ahead of the game and say, no, I just commit? And, and while I look at this equation, I go, gosh, it doesn't, it's not what I would have come up with. I will say that it is true, not Absolutely, because it's the word of God, but I've experienced it. I experienced it specifically with Antioch Church. And when Jimmy and myself and another guy named Andy Bird with YWAM, we're like, let's just go to Burma together. Let's just do something together. Let's just see what happens if we do something together. And, and, and some of you guys know me. I, I come from a real conservative background of, you know, wandered away from that. Um, so, I, so I could be friends with you guys. And, um, and uh, but it was out of my study of the word of God, I go, I don't see, it wouldn't be my natural interpretation that the miracles and all that have ceased and would just never come back. I would believe that I can do what Jesus did and greater works than these. You know, that's what John 14 says. And I go, gosh, I would just take that and go literally. I mean, that's what we were taught in seminary. If the literal sense makes sense, seek no other sense. And so it's like, okay, that makes sense. It's, it's going to take some faith. But it makes sense. So I wanted to see these miracles, and I, I never saw them. I'd pray for them. I'd, and then I went to Myanmar with Jimmy and Andy. And then in the morning, we had a devotion time with our groups 
We just put all groups together. We didn't know who was from who. We're just together ministering a couple years ago. And we go to Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is for the brothers to dwell together in unity. And it's talking about how great this is. And then someone pointed out, wait, look at the end of the chapter. He says, for there God commands his blessing. There's like a commandment of blessing from God Almighty when the brothers dwell together in unity. We just got very excited about that. I got excited because I, I, uh, I never noticed the end of it. I have ADD. I'm like, wow, that first part's really good. Hey, look at that rabbit. You know, it, it's just, but you read on to the end and there's a commanding of blessing. And, and, and here we were in this place where They'd never even heard the name of Jesus in my first time preaching to a group of people who had never heard the name of Jesus and telling God, I mean, there's like 80-year-old people in the front row that have believed one thing their whole life, and now I'm telling them about someone they've never heard about, and they're supposed to ditch everything? God, you need to authenticate this. And for the first time in my life, people were coming up asking for prayers for healing. And God was using me. And I was seeing it. I was experiencing I've prayed. I've done this before. It hasn't happened. But there, I believe there was something about the unity. You, you never play that game when you were kids, you know, where someone hides something and then they go, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer. Like, that's what I felt like that was all about. Okay, you want to experience me? Unite with the body of Christ. Stop this arrogant thing like you're the only one that's got it Right. And there's all this splitting, splitting, splitting when the prayer of Jesus himself is coming together. You know, I was thinking about this because I I believe this right now is a prophetic time. Like this is something designed by God. I don't think it was coincidental that my wife and I were teaching a marriage conference here. And even coming here, I'm like, this isn't just about the marriage conference. And this is not just about me preaching another John 17 sermon. You can go online, you know, and Google Francis Chan, John 17, and you can hear some sermons on it. Okay. That's not what this is about. I don't believe, I believe there's something about this with the marriage. We were talking the other night about how, you know, in our homes, because there's so many similarities with the, you know, you got, you, you know, Jimmy and Laura with Lisa and I, and it's the first time you guys met, really, or second time, but the first time you really liked each other. So um, the last time didn't end well. I'm kidding. It, it was fine. I just didn't remember it. But anyways, uh, as we're talking, I mean, there's so many, so many similarities but we were talking about our families because our kids are walking with the Lord. They're serving the Lord. We have grown kids, grandkids, you know, and it's just like, what a blessing. And we we're talking about how, you know, like in, in my home, like the kids never considered, oh no, mom and dad might leave each other. It's just, 
You ask any of our kids, has that ever even entered your mind? No. It's never entered our mind. That's why. It's just this commitment. This is, this is family, and there's a, there's a security. And so as they go into marriage, this is what they're thinking. But the truth is, most come from divorced homes. And you try to imagine, what does a, a kid think when I've had three different fathers, and now I'm going to get married? So what do you assume? Right? And, and there's just like this lack of security. And, and, and I say that because I'm not, it's not, the church was supposed to be a family, God's design was that, that people would feel so secure that there'll always be one. And you need to understand, we grew up with a spirit of divorce in the church. Do you understand that if you were born a thousand years ago, no one would ask the question, what church do you go to? If you're born 1,500 years ago, 2,000, no one goes, what church do you go to? First church wasn't a place you go to. It was who you are. So, oh, what family do you go to? I mean, what family do I go to? My family's my family. Yeah, I understand there was one church, quick history lesson. Until 1054, there was one church. There's no such thing as a Presbyterian or a Methodist or a Baptist or Roman Catholic, or Eastern Orthodox. It's just the church. And then 1054, the East and West split, and now you have the Roman Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox. And then, you know, and then, then a couple hundred years later, then the Anglican, then the Reformation, and then on and on and on and on. And it just kept splitting, splitting, splitting. And, and, and then, then I, my upbringing, I was in this little Chinese church, and then suddenly one day, you know, as a kid, it's like half my friends are gone. Oh, because we split. Oh, okay. Then eventually I left and went to this other church. I was a split from another church. And then when I was in seminary, I was a part of another church. In the middle of that seminary experience, they decided they were going to split in half. And then they called the supervisors of that denomination. Hey, can you send someone over? Our church is going through a split. We don't know how to do this. And they're like, you're going to have to wait in line. We just have way too many splits right now. And so, so this is what I grow up with. And so eventually I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm going to start my own church. Then 16 years later, I leave my own church. It's just like, it's just like, and each time it's just like, no, this is right, this is right, this is right. You know, they're off this, 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 this. And I'm just, at this point, you know, we're talking, we're like, we need to end this madness. This is not the desire of God. I was telling Jimmy last night, I go, you know, when I, in sports, I was always on offense. I don't like playing defense. I'm, just give me the ball, let me shoot it. You know, like, I, I'm sorry, it's just, that's just who I am. And, and yet... In ministry, that's, 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 
lately I've been like playing defense. Like, oh, are you mad? I'm sorry. You know, oh, no, come back. Please, please, please. I don't. And then you just go, no, 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 no. This book is about the kingdom moving forward. And the gates of hell shall not stand against it. And I've just been praying, go, God, what is this? Because you sit here and there's, there's going to be some insecurity in you of this family staying together. And we're all just waiting for one of you to get mad, grab some people, and split off and do your own thing. And that's the way most people are in the church in America. And I'm just saying, what, God, are you calling us to do something that's like offensive to the enemy? By saying we believe this 100%. And I was thinking, you know, there's so much similarity. I just thought, wow, if we're not one Um, If we can't be one and commit to each other and just, you know, even the thing about marriage and just even nowadays is like, no, I'm going to keep my last name. It's like, just drop it, you know, just be one. I I don't even care anymore. You know, I thought I'll change my name. I'll be Francis Chantioc, you know, like I, I don't care. Like. There's something bigger going on here, you know, of, I just said, is, is this not about another sermon on unity? Is it about maybe the four of us just saying, we recognize we're a part of the body and we don't just split off like that. And it doesn't mean that Wow, because we do this, the whole world's going to follow suit and the heads of all these denominations are going to come together. No, but I think about, you remember that movie, um, Parent Trap? It's about these twin girls that don't even know they have a twin. They show up at a camp or something. I don't remember it all. And they look at each other like, no way. You know, they're like, you look just like me. You know, it's kind of like you and Laura. It's just, it's going, we're identical. And then they figure it out. Wait a second. We're sisters. No one told me this. And they go through this whole thing like we're going to, we love each other too much. We're not going to separate no matter what our parents say in fact let's play a trick on them and let's switch places you know and and this is this whole thing about how these two find each other and they're like we've been separated our whole lives because of someone in the past and some decision they made but there's too many similarities and I'm not gonna let that happen from here on out and, you know, I, I think the movie at the end, they get their parents back together or whatever. And I, I, I just think there's something in that where, you know, the more we talk, and we've, been, we've known each other for years. You guys have seen me here before. It's this relationship where we've both been walking with the Lord for 40 years and serving him. And we're going, gosh, just telling Jimmy last night, like, I'm committed to you. Like, I don't know. In fact, can I just have the all of you, you, you three, uh, come up? 
Um, I feel like, um, I believe, I don't just feel like I, I see in scripture that there's a power as we read today and we tremble at that. And, and we don't, you know, it's kind of like, okay, even when I think about what we've been talking about, I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to commit to you. And when I look at that scripture, I go, well, I don't really have a choice. You know, why do we think, you know, it's just like when we got married, I, it's not an option to leave you. I know that. And yet somehow in the church, we've messed that up and just believe it's optional. This perfect oneness. We, don't, we believe it's an exaggeration, even though it's one of the most sacred texts, I believe, because it's Jesus talking to the Father. It's not an exaggeration, and we need to look at that and care about that and go, the perfect oneness isn't optional. And if we want to reach the world, he says this is how we do it. And I was even thinking, you know, I know that there's a time of ministry right now, like maybe, you know, those who need prayer for something. But I believe this is different um, because we're going to pray for you together. That there's something in the unity that God will bless. That some of you... There's some deep wounds and hurt and anger and pride from broken relationship that you just can't get over it. But I believe there's a power, just like uh, there was in, in Myanmar. There's a power of my son and your son knocking on doors in the huts and sharing the gospel together. You and I, you know, out there, you know, ministering, sharing the gospel together. Um, that, that it's different than if we had done it separately. It's God saying you're getting warmer. And I, I want, I believe, at least with our ministries, that we can build a security that I will not bash you. And if I hear anything about you, y'all, um, <laughs> that, you know, anyone says something that I just go, no, no, I'll go find that out myself and I'll come to you and I'll commit that to you and that I, I will see you as much as my hand and my foot that I can't say I don't need you. I need you. Everything we're doing in California needs you. And I want us to see each other as a part of that body. It's, it's even beyond marriage. It's one body. And to just say, Lord, we repent. And in this room, I want to pray a blessing over the, break, the broken relationships you know, earlier you said, you know, is there someone you're scared will come knocking on your door? There are certain people you don't want sitting next to you at church. That you know they're believers, but somehow that conflict came in. And I'm going to pray 
that God would just do a miracle in reconciliation this morning. And so I want you to see this like you would see a marriage, like you would see a family. And I pray that we just create a security among the people that we're together. And um, I don't know what the Lord will do from here on out. I just knew to be obedient today, this morning. So why don't we, um, can we just get on our knees together, the four of us, and just pray a blessing grace for whatever is needed out there whether it's broken relationships maybe a broken in your broken relationship with the lord just i think there's this is gonna be different than if i just prayed right now on my own for you god hears me but he's really going to hear us in a deeper way because of this yeah, I want to just add one thing. We're leaning in. This is a unity hour in the body of Christ. This is a unity hour. It's an invitation from the Holy Spirit. And we're in. We're with you guys. We're with you to the death. Till we see Jesus or we die in his presence, mm-hmm. we're with you to the death. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the healing of what God wants to do in his body. Mm-hmm. Grab your spouse by the hand. Whisper in their ear, I'm in it till the death. Till death do we part, we're in. Take your hurt and wounds, lean back in. There's an invitation. Francis is going to lead us in prayer, but just, it's bigger than a response time. It, it, is, it is God breaking centuries and generational curses over our lives of division. Mm-hmm. bringing unity to answer his prayer. Yeah. And just maybe one last thing. I told God when we went into this unity series, I said, God, if you're looking for somebody to answer your prayer, Lord, I'm not in the fear of God, answer your prayer through us, God. Show mm-hmm. us how to be an answer to your prayer. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those days. So lead us, man. Why don't we have uh, Lisa and Laura pray for everyone instead. I give them... Yeah, Father, I um, we come before you, and your word says we're two more gathered and agree on anything according to your will. <laughs> It'll be done. Father, I pray, and I ask for your supernatural mercy and grace to fall on each one of us. We need your grace. Give you permission to rearrange us, our mindsets, our circumstances, our hearts, God, our words, our actions, our attitudes. Rearrange us. Fill us to look like you, to act like you. 
I just feel the prayer of John when he said, let me decrease so you, Jesus, can increase. Pour out that grace and that desire in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are so many things. Today, I think of you as a gardener who wants to uproot every root of bitterness that is in our hearts. Every offense. Every offense can be covered, can be uprooted from our hearts, Lord. Some have just a little root. It's not that hard. You tug a little bit, but some, like, you really have to get in there. But your hand is firm and loving and capable, and you pull the whole thing out. The whole root comes out in Jesus' name. The whole root. Jesus. Because you want to bring life. You came that there would be life in our hearts, Lord. So heal every wound that comes from that spirit of divorce. Every wound in each of our hearts from people that we saw that just brought hatred towards one another and division. And we just pray, Lord, that you heal it. You bind up those wounds and heal the brokenhearted. That's who you are, Lord. We trust you. We know this is your heart. So we just surrender and we submit, Lord. And I pray just supernaturally. Like we came in and it's like, no, I have to hold on to that hurt. But somehow it's just gone. Like gone in Jesus' name. And you bring freedom. You start here, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Your grace is sufficient. We love you, Lord. Amen.